ghetto, the backyard, the yard. I sell it What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, Abilene, people up in Tyler, people up in the Mile High City of Denver, Colorado, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. You are tuned in here to the Friday edition of the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's. Get a dose, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. 877-37-GRIND. You know the rules. If you know what you want to talk about, it's open phone lines as always. If there's anything we discussed on yesterday's show, you couldn't call in. You can parlay that takeover today. Uh, the only thing we ask you to do is to call during the breaks and be patient during the long segments and breaks, and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Also, uh, keep in mind, if you need to reach out to me via X slash Twitter, you can do that at Sports Grind. And if you want to stream the show live and leave comments, I'll read those on air in real time and respond to those then. If not, I'll respond to them later. You can go to the business Facebook page of Sports Grind Entertainment or you can go to my personal page and you can leave comments. And like I said, I'll respond to those on Read Them On The Air or respond to them later. And if you ever miss any of the episodes live or you're in a market that doesn't carry as terrestrial radio-wise or you um, are having technical difficulties listening to us through the normal means that the way you can consume us, uh, don't forget about sportsgrindonline.com where you can download the podcast seven days a week all right 365 or and also excuse me you can download the podcast excuse me also you can click listen live all right to the play button listen live and we'll appear for you right there 877-37-GRIND what's up Mr. Clark thank god it's Friday yeah man it's been one of those weeks but it's okay we're breathing <laughs> I'm ready to rock and roll let's we're, go yeah we're breathing um all right, so uh, here's what we got to end the week strong. Uh, quite a bit to get to. Also, a couple things we didn't get to yesterday's docket that I had parlayed over to today. Uh, but uh, tomorrow, um, and we'll look at those in a shortly, but we have uh, some key top 25 matchups in college basketball that I'll get to later that I'll have my eye on. You know, we're coming down to the crunch time. Um, also, you have to take in consideration we're just another week or two away from the conference tournaments, and there's a lot of teams on the bubble. And this has been a debate uh, for a long time in college basketball when it comes to, you know, we play a whole regular season and then there's so much stock put into these conference tournaments. It's always been, uh, you know, a thorn in people's side. Uh, I remember the late Bobby Knight, uh, you know, complaining about this as well, too. And there's a lot of people just just feel, why do we play the regular season? And then we have to play these conference tournaments on top of it. And then there's so much stake. But that's just what it is. Uh, so we'll take a look at those top some of those top 25 matchups this weekend. Um, also, of course, uh, some baseball news that I get to yesterday. Uh, the other day, you know, the Dodgers, we know that they've made a lot of noise in the offseason and spent a lot of money. They landed the biggest fish in Otani. Uh, but, you know, their pitcher, their new pitcher, Yamamoto, uh, basically made his appearance um, the other day on Wednesday. Um, and he was pretty good. I mean, uh, he had some scoreless. He only pitched three innings, scoreless innings. I think he gave up maybe one hit. Uh, he looked very, very impressive. Um, and on top of that, uh, we found out yesterday uh, that Otani uh, got married. Okay, which uh, Mr. Roberts, manager of the Dodgers, said he was kind of surprised. I guess they didn't know anything about it. I think Otani announced it on social media, I think. Uh, first thing in my mind comes to, did you get, you know, like, I don't know if Otani's been over here enough to be Americanized yet. We want pre Yeah, I was like, did he get a pre That's the first thing. I'm sorry I wired that way, but that's the first thing that I came to my mind. Uh, but... 
when Robert says that he's surprised, I'm like, you know, what you need to be surprised with because, you know, after seeing Yamamoto pitch, and we know what Otani can do and already what the Dodgers had, hey, man, because to me, um, there's a lot of people that really don't in baseball and seem has that really don't count the Dodgers World Series that year in the shortened season. I know I've talked to Salami about this. He doesn't even acknowledge it. He's like, look, first of all, it's 60 some games, nothing that happened that year. Bats, hits. He goes, I'm just throwing out the window. Like, okay, well, you're not, you know, alone because I've heard those rumbles with the Dodgers. Uh, but there's obviously, you know, Roberts is liked in the front office and the ownership group. Uh, because, you know, this team, and I've, I've heard this before, but I had to think about it. And, um, you know, they're kind of being compared to, in this run of theirs, uh, to the 90s Atlanta Braves. And if you're old enough to remember that, I mean, the Braves dominated the division. They won a lot of divisions. And in that era, when you're talking about Maddox, Smoltz, Glavin, uh, one of my favorite managers of all time, Bobby Cox, um, they only got one World Series out of that. And so the only one that the Dodgers have is a shortened strike or shortened COVID season World Series out of this money that they've been spending. They're not new to just spending money. I mean, when you talk about having Cody Bellinger was on this team, you talk about a lot they have. So to me, they never really have spent like this. They spent a lot of money. And I just feel that the pressure on Roberts is tremendous. Um, there's, you know, unless you deal with some really devastating injuries, especially to the pitching staff, uh, there's going to be no excuse. So the pressure's on him. I mean, I saw an interview with him the other night with Scott Van Pelt, and uh, he was just talking about, yeah, and it's just like, wow, he's even in awe sometimes still going early to spring training and seeing this talent. And he said he's just an awe of Otani. He said he's comparing it to, like, it's a feeling you get in regards to being, you know, Michael Jordan at that time. He's comparing it because he's a guy that even guys that are in the big leagues, they take a stop and look at his BP. You know, they look at that because they have just so much – you know, admiration and, and respect for a guy that's, you know, displaying the skills that he showed early on. So you got that going on. Also, we talked about it a little bit last week, uh, but, you know, there's still a few big names uh, that are still left out there that are not been signed. Uh, you don't know Blake Snell is one of them as a pitcher, but if there's a couple other guys. But if you look at it, most of these guys are Scott Boris's clients. And um, we have talked to, on this program over the years for years about Scott Boris and the way he handles things. And, you know, he was Alex Rodriguez agent, you know, when he got that big money from the Rangers and went to the Yankees. Um, he has, you know, negotiated some big mega deals in baseball. Um, you know, he just pretty much did, you know, the deal. Um just the other day with the Cubs, with Cody Bellinger. But, you know, I don't think it's really a coincidence that some of his clients, especially the arms that are still unsigned, Scott is just, I mean, if you did a survey, I mean, you know how we talked about the NFL report card yesterday. If you did a survey amongst GMs in baseball or owners of what they really, you know, grade they would give Scott Boris, they would all fail him. You know, he doesn't have a good reputation. And sometimes, you know, and what I've thought that I've always had respect for him, I'm not a big fan of him, uh, you know, and everybody knows how I like agents and stuff, some of them, but I'm not a big fan of his. But the one thing I will give him respect for and credit for is that he's managed to have this reputation. Um, he's lost some clients, not too many, but 
he still have been able to retain some big name clients, even though he is a very difficult guy that most general managers and owners do not want to deal with. Um, also, of course, we still got the NFL combine going on. We've got some 40 times by some big men uh, that will surprise you. Uh, we'll look at some other things going on, too. We've got uh, Caleb Williams that actually met with the media this morning, uh, took the Chicago question on heads on. Uh, also, we've got we've heard from JJ. Uh, as well uh, from Michigan. He has a certain game plan that he's concentrating on to sell himself in some of these meetings as well, too. Uh, and we've heard from Penix Jr. as well, which we'll talk about that. Um, also, we've got a release today uh, in Minnesota that we'll talk about that's very interesting. Uh, so we've got some NFL news that we'll circle back. And Jerry, I didn't get to this yesterday, <clears throat> but Jerry's had some court orders put on him by a judge too, which I want to kind of tell you, it's, it's, I mean, it's an old story, but I want to kind of, you know, put this in perspective of really, again, when we talk about Dallas Cowboys and Jerry Jones. Uh, but first, let's start with the NBA, because uh, last night, uh, Victor put on a show uh, versus Chet and OKC. Uh, and the Spurs were victorious 132 to 118. Uh, finally getting a victory over Oklahoma uh, this season. You know, they've been blown out a couple times against them. Uh, but this was at home, and they finally snapped their losing streak, and they get a first, you know, win coming back home uh, from the rodeo road trip. <clears throat> One of the things that I put in the docket is that Victor really showed, you know, the more he's getting Americanized and he's getting in the NBA, he's starting to show, in my opinion, more of his personality in regards to exactly how he is. And I think, you know, as he gets older and as he gets, you know, more comfortable in the NBA, uh, I think that's going to show a little bit more. Um, you know, he kind of, you know, grabbed the mic afterwards, uh, the game. I he was offered the mic. He was offered. Well, I ain't never like, like, look, man, I've never seen no, we can go to the big three. We can go and like, let's be talking about last game played at home or we're talking about some send off retirement. I ain't never seen no, a Dave, Tim, I ain't seen nobody hand them the mic before. So, um, uh, I think it was one of those that the mic was there. Like, you got something to say? When he's, yeah, I'll say something. You know, to me, and it's nothing bad because it shows you, and I've said this when he was drafted, they haven't dealt with anything like this before with his personality. He's not, you know, he's kind of more comfortable being out there and he's comfortable with being in the spotlight because he's been in the spotlight so long. Uh, but just really a hell of a performance, you know, and, and, you know, really he stepped up big for the most part what he's been doing because, you know, I know early on the season we were talking about maybe some early on struggles, but when the fourth quarter comes, you know, it's all lights out for him. He's, you know, winning time, you know, basically he goes all in. Hell, he hit a logo three. I mean, in regards to, you know, we're talking about Steph range and, of course, one that will be in highlight reels forever uh, with this whole Chet and, and Wimby situation uh, blocked him, you know, and then ran on oh, the other that end. That was more than a block. What do you want to call it? That was a stuff yeah. that was uh, crammed it back in his face. Yeah. That was more than just a standard. We see blocks. Right. That was beyond a block. He, he basically palmed it. Right. And then just took it away from him. Just and, took it away from him. And he turned around to his bench and talked stuff. You don't see that normally from Silver and Black. That's not the Spurs way. Um, but I damn sure don't really have a problem with it. Uh, but just a good performance. Uh, but however, 
as everybody, I mean, he's the talk of the day today. He's headlining on NBA news. You know, it was kind of not too many big stories last night in NBA, but that performance and with all his hype was going to be center of attention in regards to how good this kid can be and yada, yada, yada. Um, well, I'm going to look at the glass half full. It has nothing to do with Wimby. Um, what I'm looking for is, again, this is a team that they beat last night that is going to um, – Finish with a top three seed, most likely, in the Western Conference. Um, most likely, they're probably going to, depending on matchups and seedings, uh, I would say the expectations of OKC, in my opinion, would at least be getting to the second round. Um, you know, unless they just draw a first round matchup that they are just not, you know, accustomed with. I mean, they're still a young group that is not too much uh, battle tested uh, for the most part. Uh, but the spur and not only that, as I alluded to a few minutes ago, it's a team that has beat the Spurs soundly the last couple of times they played. So if you the way I'm looking at this, they get a win against a team like that in that caliber. And if you want to add that, remember, they beat the Timberwolves on this court as well at the Frostbank Center as well not too long ago. So what I'm looking for, and what it tells me too, because the way they played in the fourth quarter, and I watched the game, the way they played in the fourth quarter and really in the second half for the most part, but really I concentrated in on that third and fourth quarter in the fourth quarter, um, and the emotion and the aggression and the passion that they played, and especially with Vassell, you know, they, they were feeding off Wimby. Um, that showed me that, first of all, this team should have a better record than what they, what they have. They should. And also it comes down to Told what you. what whatever, whatever the case may be, okay, it really puts – and I said this the other day. They're going to probably be in the top five lottery pick again, um, and it really puts the onus on this coaching staff because, to me, if you if you got – if you can put it together like that, and maybe it had to do with there's something we don't know in regards to that might run, you know, rub Wimby the wrong way about Chet. Because to me, it doesn't look it's that cordial because because I haven't, you know, Wimby was very animated last night. And, and you could tell that he had this one on circled. I, I don't know if it's to the fact of that, you know, the whole debate whether Chet's really has a chance to win rookie of the year. You know, I've told you a hundred times how I feel like it. I think it's dumb because he's not really a rookie. Uh, but the point is what it is, is that. There's got to be a consistency that's built off of this. If you if you look at their wins over the season, and they've got very few of them, and we can go back to the Phoenix one early on the season when they had the comeback and they beat them again. I brought up the Minnesota game as well. Lakers at Christmas. Um, yeah, Lakers is there. I mean, Lakers is in a different spot than the Spurs, but I'm talking about teams that have been playing good. Lakers have been up and down pretty much all year, and if LeBron ain't got it going, they've struggled. So not to take nothing from the win, but I'm talking about the Minnesota wins. I'm talking about the Suns wins, and I'm talking about a win like last night. There, There's no reason why there shouldn't be this team to see a three out of five, a four out of six wins, a five out of six. And if they can't accomplish that with, at some point, at least a three or four win, and because if you give – and I said the same thing after Minnesota. If you give that effort, their record is not what it is, okay? And, 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 and that's just re- – and that comes down to this coaching and coaching staff. Um, and because you're supposed as a, I don't care what sport it is, as a head coach and a coaching staff, the number one thing you're supposed to do is have your team prepared to play night in and night out or weekly or whenever you play. That's just it. 
I don't care if you're a manager in baseball going through 162. I don't care if you're an NFL coach going through an 18-game week season. And I don't care if you're an NBA coach playing 82. Okay? And I get it. With a young team, you're going to deal with some inconsistencies and stuff like that. But they have yet to be being able to parlay one of these type of wins into a streak. And and if I'm going to dub this season any type of success, success, because the Wimby, we already knew what Wimby was going to be. Okay, Um, you know, and I think honestly, he's exceeded some expectations for his rookie year anyway by the masses of the national media. So with that said, if if there's going to be any type of success to me to dub to this team, I've got to see that in the last month, month and a half. You can't get a win like this. And then give me who do they got next coming up the next. Give me like the next two to three games they got for your Spurs, Uh, because you've got to show if there's going to be steps. And there's going to be Jonas's favorite word, momentum. They've got to do that. They, and honestly, I don't think it's any excuse that they can't do it. Because in this day and day age in the NBA, and when they were getting blown out by 30 and 40 at times early on the season, I said it then and I'll say it now. In this day in NBA, you're not getting everybody's best every night. You're going to catch some good teams that are just don't have it and they get it. Now, I don't think that was last night's case because I think Oklahoma was trying to win that game. The Spurs just played better and they played Sean Elliott say they played the right way. But what are their next two or three games? Well, let me give you the next six. Um, as we kind of get started here into March. Up next is the Pacers at home in San Antonio on Sunday. Then they go over to Houston for a game uh, to play the Rockets. And then over to Cali to play Sacramento. And then the Warriors on the road. And then come back to host those Warriors and Rockets. Okay, this is what I'm going to say. Um, Indiana's at Indiana? No, San Antonio on Sunday. It's a winnable game, but Indiana is a team that's getting hot. I mean, they're they're going to be a tough out in the Eastern Conference, but it's a winnable game. Uh, the next one? The Rockets. They've got to win that game. In Houston. It, they've got to win it. They've got to win it. Uh, that's, that's a winnable game. They've got to win it if they're going to build off momentum and like they played last night. And the one you said, the Golden State one, um, I don't know about that. I'm not going to probably well, hold them to back that. back to back against Golden yeah. State, a home and yeah. away. But we've got like, what, about 18, 20 games left maybe? 19? Right around there, yeah. Okay, so we, all I'm, t- I'm not telling you it has to happen in these next six games you've played out, but at some point – They've got to put that effort in the way they played last night, and they've got to they've got to at least go a three out of four stretch or something like that. That's just my opinion. And if not, there's still questions to be answered if they're going in the right direction. When we get back, we got more NBA to get to. We had the finals rematch last night in Denver. We'll touch on that as well too. Golden State gets a W in MSG. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosecki's. Get a dose, and we are broadcasting here for the Maestro De Bell Tequila Studios. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this, it's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. 
Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing Spin the One and Twos on this R&B Friday. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios, 877-37-GRIND. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, we'll see how it goes over the last stretch, but it was just, you know, it was nice to see him play that way, but at the same time, it was frustrating for me. Because I'm like, dude, what's going on? Like, I mean, something is not like they're like, and, and again, there's, again, young team, I get it. But it's just too much night and day. And if you can get them to play like that in regards to an opponent like that, and you have a player such as Wimby, um, it, it should be, there. there's no excuse for them to be on the verge of finishing with a worse record than they had last year when everybody knew in the mom, whether you want to call it tanking or selling everybody off, you can just bottom out, whatever you want to say, that's just the, uh, that's just my opinion. But uh, definitely, and, and honestly, that's probably the loudest I've heard the Frost Bank Center in a long time. And you can say that probably in the last two, three years, to be honest with you. And, and, and I think part of that energy uh, was, you know, the whole deal with Wimby and Chet. I mean, the NBA is going to, they, they have a history of it, but the NBA is going to force feed us these two guys as a robbery. They're going to make this be a robbery. Okay. Now, um, so we'll see. And they're both two young teams that will probably be there and go head to head there for a while, but we'll see how they, if they can build off of this. What do you got? Well, that's the goal. Um, I, I, you know, I, I kind of caught it in about maybe the third or fourth quarter last night that when you looked at the effort, um, they never got to up until that point, um, and rightfully so. But they never got too high and they never got too low, mm-hmm. and that's the consistency that we've been looking for. You know, they might come out the gate with a fifteen point lead and then they kind of flounder for, and, and, and forget how to play basketball. That was one of their most consistent games. Kind of going back to the Raptors win, which was their, you know, coincidentally their last win. Um, to where that was the most even across four quarters. So now in two wins, we've seen them stack that. They're still very young, very young, still working through some things, but consistency is the goal towards the end. Um, last night on the TNT broadcast, though, um, the uh, Ernie Johnson was out, and I can't remember who they had filling in for I know him. who you're talking about. He's a uh, substitute guy. I didn't watch TNT last night. He, but he's I a Tuesday him. guy, usually. Yeah. Uh, but he had made a point that that Wemby versus Chet needs to be in prime time every time moving forward. He almost said it was a shame that it wasn't last night. Do you think that the NBA needs to take these two kids and market them like that, and that every time they play should be in prime time? Like Not- on, on, a, on a national network? Not until the Spurs can do their part and build a winning team. Uh, this goes back, and and like I said, you might get you might get a different answer if you ask somebody else different. But I'm I, everybody knows my philosophy, and I've said this before. You know, this is the problem with the NBA that they've had. They've been able to survive, and because now what really has helped the NBA because I think the social media and the young group has helped the NBA because they thrive more than the NFL or anybody when it comes to social media. Even with their players, sometimes like a couple years ago, it was so proper when you got guys like KD getting fake burner accounts and everything. But the problem is, is that the NBA 
NBA spends too much time selling individuals and not team. That's why the NFL is king. That it's it's out and running. That's just the way it is. Like you got to be a part of a good team in the NFL and so having to be a top quarterback or whatever before they just force feed you in the primetime game. So no. I think that when now if the Spurs, you know, become more respectable next year and it's one of those cuz cuz OKC's already there. So if they can, then yeah, those are two guys. But to force feed that, no, no. Because the truth of it is, out of the times they've played this year, that's the first competitive game they've played them. They've hung with them in previous matchups for a quarter or so, or have, but they've always, Oklahoma's always pulled away, and you're talking about double-digit wins, 20-point wins. So to me, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't think that's the case. I think you have to wait till the spur, because the, the amount of games – that the Spurs got this year nationally was all about Wimby. Okay. Next season, they will still have national games because of Wimby, but I'm very eager to see if it's going to come close to the same amount because you can't, whether they're TNT games or ESPN games, you can't put on a team on primetime just because of one guy, but surround them, you're getting beat down by 20, 25 points, you're losing. Or you got a team that's only got 10 wins, but they're going to be playing on prime. So, no, I don't subscribe to that. You got, I think that once they go, then we'll see. Now, another part of that is going to depend on, let's see who, I mean, who, who do they draft this year? If they, They're going to get a lottery pick. So, and, and when I look at the landscape of college so far, there's not um, – you know, you don't really have, in my opinion, um, a brand at what I've seen so far. And I could be missing some kids, but there's not really a Brandon Miller in this year's thing. I mean, the close I mean, and I don't even know questionly if he really fits still with the NBA, but you can't teach size. And that's Edie from Purdue. And there might be one or two guys I'm missing. But so my point is, I don't know if there's anybody in this draft that's going to be a blockbuster like, well, damn him and Wimby. We've got to get that on TV. You know, uh, but we'll see. I'm more interested to see about how they finish the season. There, there's got and and trust me, I don't care who they draft. A top five pick. This has got to be. This has got to be immediate jump next season. Period. Because it's going to come to a point. The young you can't use the young. You can't keep using the young excuse. That like you, there's a like the NBA is a young man's game for the most part. There's going to have to be a significant jump. Next year, when I say significant, I mean like you at this time next year, they need to be sitting there in, in pretty much in a play in spot or close to that eight seed period and with, with a talent like that. I mean, come on. Well, last night, Chuck had said that you, you know, he, he thinks the Spurs are about three years away from really doing anything. He said next year they're going to miss the playoffs again. Shaq said that they needed to go out and get uh, you know work the summer. You need to go get free H, but we know that's a hard awesome. you, that's a hard sell in San Antonio. Well, we don't know that yet. Now we've never had Wimby going to the free agency, so we don't know that. So for sure, you, yet, but so, go ahead. So you think that's going to be a bigger factor potentially having Wimby that you're going to be able to get? What name do you think you can get to uh, to sell free agent status? You're not going to get KD. No. Okay. I, I'm just assuming that they're available. What level of star do you think Wemby just goes ahead and brings in and somebody says, yeah, I'll take a shot with the Spurs? I, I've said from day one, because I remember us talking about this, that I think without a doubt, if Wemby is as advertised, and so far he's, he's been, been that way, coming at the end of year then, one, then without a doubt, you there's there's B list guys. You know, there's B-list, there's B-list guys. I don't know who's a free agent's going to be. No, but, I, said, I said assume. assume let, let's any, say just give me a level. Let's like say the level. let's say the obvious in regards to if Trey Young would be a free agent, which I don't think he is, but I don't know if he is or not. They'd have to trade him. A guy like Trey Young, 
his level. Trey Young ain't up there with KD. He ain't up there with LeBron. He ain't up there with Giannis. He ain't up there with that. Trey Young, he's one of the faces of the league, but he's like a B guy. So I think guys like Trey Young, uh, and guys like in their youth too as well. I think, and if that's not the case, then then we know what the problem is. Then then we know what the problem is. Because the truth of it is, is that when Tim was, you know, eating McDonald's and averaging 30 and 15 and winning rings and constantly the Western Conference Finals, they couldn't get nobody. They couldn't get anybody. Okay. And, you know, they, they struck out on Jason Kidd. Um, they, they, they couldn't get anybody. It was not until LaMarcus Aldridge that they even landed in Marcus, even though LaMarcus Aldridge was the big free agent that summer at the time, LaMarcus Aldridge was B-level to me. I would put him in B-level, hindsight 2020. Now, I was all about it. I was talking about that for two or three years. Like, oh, man, if they get locked, LaMarcus Aldridge, just imagine going from LaMarcus to Tim. I was disappointed along with everybody else. But, yeah. Um, and, but now, first of all, I disagree with Barkley. I think, first of all, yes, if he's talking about three, and I've heard him say that before, if he's talking about three years away to compete for a title, maybe, yeah. If he's talking about three years away from even being a playoff contending team, I disagree with. I dis- no, he totally said, disagree. He said from really from really doing anything about three years from really doing anything. He said, "Are they going to make the playoffs next year?" No, he said they're, they're not going to make the playoffs next year. Well, he's already putting that on them. Well, I think that's ridiculous. I think that's a low expectation. Then what? Then what are we? Then what are we calling Pop the goat for? Period. Well, that's, down, that's, that's what I would say. Low expectations or realistic expectations. Realistic expectations is for them to take a leap. They're taking the blueprint of OKC from Pressy that used to be down here. To, to go They've from tur- likely 20 wins or less to a playoff team. In a three-year span? No, like no, no, you're saying next year. Yeah, because it's been enough, dude. Vassell has been here a few years. Keldon Johnson, who y'all love and thinks he's all world, has been here a few years. They got a phenom in 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 basically Wimby. Do, do you I like I told you, give Eric Spolstra, Steve Kerr this crew. Give them the same time. First of all, if 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 Coach Spo or uh Steve Kerr was coaching this team, they have 25, 30 wins right now. Same roster. Yeah, I mean it, it goes it, back to what we talked about in January. They probably don't do the experiment to start the year for two Well, and a half I months. like to me this is the experiment's been going over for a while and when they still playing damn near almost the same way more than not. So I'm not giving them the hole because they started, you know, uh what's his name is Sohan. It, that experiment been over for almost two and a half months. I that they still they, they didn't change a lot when they went from that. So it it wasn't just about the experiment. It's been just this, over a month. It's it's longer than that. It's it's been longer than that. At least a month and a half. It's been it's longer than a month, bro. That I that think experiment January 17th. No, the experiment was over before that, man. And and then nothing's really changed since then. So to me, it wasn't more than just the experiment. It's 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 connecting and being passionate and understanding where you're at in this day and age of NBA and how to have your team ready to play and consistent. What I've said before, and this has nothing to do with pop in the past, what I've seen this year and what I saw last year, okay, and what this year, I see now why pop was allergic to rookies for so long, young players. Going back to his early career, going back to the Tim and Dave era, there's a reason why instead of finding, trying to get younger, they were signing dudes that were 32 years old, 31 years old. Because because it shows he had to give into it. Because after you, like you said, after you're not winning the free agent battle, you're going to have to build it through the draft. So he had no choice but to get accustomed to how to deal with young players. And in my opinion, over the last couple of years, and especially this year, he struggled with that. You know, and that's why I think that they're a little bit more inconsistent. But to sit there and say, and we can't answer for Charles, but I would ask Charles, what's your definition of doing anything? Because it like, so there's no really teams that take 
immediate leaps in two to three years and all of a sudden they're a title contending team. But when you look at a sense where they went last year and where they're at this year and due to the fact some of their other players have been there for years, you cannot keep using the young, the, the young, the young t uh, title. They're going to make a jump. So, no, I think next year, if this time and what we're March 1st, March 1st, fast forward the calendar to next year. If they're at this time next year, not at least in an A slot or nine or right in the playoff on with Wimby and another year with the no man, then, then the rumblings will start. No, we can't keep dumbing this down and moving the goal. And I'm not saying that's what you're doing, but we can't keep dumbing this down and moving the goalposts every year and just wait and wait and wait because the whole NDA is pretty much young. It's a young man's game. 877-37-GRIND. Um, also, what else do we got here? Um, what do you got? Oh, the Nuggets had a game last night. Uh, Jamal yes. Murray left early in that one, but they were still able to get the win. Yeah, they were able to get the win. Um, they won the rematch. That was the final rematch, 103 to 97. Um, you know, yes, I was going to bring that up. You know, Murray, they've gone, you know, back and forth with this ankle situation with Murray. I mean, it's been like that for the few years. It's kind of been that way this season. Now, Denver said there's nothing to be alarmed about it. Um, he was ruled out once he went out last night's game. Uh, but I guess they're going to monitor that as a go. You know, the Nuggets, they're all about trying to be healthy as much as possible when they get to the postseason. You know, I you know, I know, you know, Mike Malone said we don't really want to back into the postseason. But at the same time, what I've even told you a few weeks ago, they're not going to go 120 miles an hour to try to really improve their seating that much because they've proven over the last couple of years, especially last year, the defending champs, they can win on the road or win at home. And they've had some struggles this year on the road. They haven't been that great of a road team on the road, but they were able to hold off the heat last night who have been playing very well as well. Um, last night in LA, it took the Lakers OT and LeBron to finally defeat the wizards. 134 to 131. Um, and again, if you look at what's the storyline in this game, it's minutes, man. Like I said yesterday, um, that's a lot of energy. Then that's two back-to-back -back games that he's had to put semi the cape on. Okay, to get this W. And, you know, he even had a little bit of vintage. It wasn't going all the way from baseline to the other one like he used to to block somebody from behind, but he kind of had that step where he had one of those blocks. But the, if you're a Laker backer or a fan, your biggest concern right now is what is LeBron going to have in the tank by the time we get to the postseason? And, and, and remember this. Remember what we witnessed last year in the playoffs from everybody. The teams last year that really focused and really had to, you know, do low management or try to be so concerned with minutes, there was a lot of injuries that spiked up in the postseason because guys tried to go from 31, 32 to 45, 44. And guys were pulling hamstrings. Guys were getting injuries because their body's not conditioned to go. Now, in LeBron's case, it just comes down to where how is his body going to act in the postseason, if he has to average 38, 35, even I would even say 30, anywhere from 37 to 40 minutes to 42 minutes, if he averages that, there's a concern going in the postseason. He played 39 last night. That, that's, 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 that's bad. And that, that's just an indictment. Anthony Davis needs to give some of his money back. Well, AD scored 40 and had 15 I boards. I don't Yeah, and let me know the next time AD has 40. And that's against Wizards, one of the sorriest-ass teams in the league. Uh, it'd be longer than that. Anthony has just totally failed. Um, I won't say totally, but he's partially failed. The only thing that's saving him is a ballroom shortened uh, half a championship. Okay. 
Um, and let me say why I say that. You know, I've always defended, you know, Phil, you know, the old San Jack, you know, Jackson in regards to the 99 Asterix Championship. I always said, no, nah, that's the real deal. They, I mean, everybody played at a Florida season, whatever. That ballroom with no fans, no travel, that's what they were supposed to do with Anthony Davis. That doesn't cut it for me. So, yeah, he had 40 last night. I can't name you a big man on the Wizards. Who the hell was challenging him? I mean, Jordan Poole did what he did to try to get the game into overtime. He had a decent game. Kuzma, former Laker, missed a game, a game tying shot that would have sent it into another overtime. Uh, but that is just too much that LeBron, and it ain't just the offensive end, man. It's on the defensive end. He's exerting a lot of energy on both sides of the ball. So we'll see down the road how that plays out. 877-37-GRIND. Also, uh, as I alluded to going to the break, um, the Golden State, uh, they get it done on the road, 110 to 99 in MSG. Um, on the cool, I got a message for some of you Draymond Green haters out there over the years. And the ones through this whole dynasty run would have said, gosh, he's playing with Steph and Clay." And I was always the one like, man, Draymond, give Draymond more credit than that. They're 13 and 6 since he's been back off of suspension or whether the hell hiatus talking to a shrink, whatever, 13 and six. I think that, and trust me, Draymond ain't going to say nothing about it now, but on his podcast when the season's over, this is going to come up at some time because I, if I've heard it, I know Draymond's heard the criticism in regards to people treating him like he's an innocent bystander and just riding on Steph and Clay's coattails. He's a big part of what they do. Um, Steph said they still got some work they need to do. Knicks have been a good team at home. Uh, of course, you know, Randall's still been out. He hasn't played. I don't know what the status is on him. He's been out for a minute now. Um, but I'm, I, they're going to be interesting coming down the stretch. I told you coming back after the All-Star break that I thought they would be one team that would get hot late, but I still don't know if they're really a championship contending team because when you look at the West, that's going to be a lot for a team that I still feel their margin for error is very thin. Uh, so, uh, but that was an impressive win last night. They won quite a bit of games. And like I said, they're 13 and six since Draymond Green's been back. We got the Wizards in there, the Hornets, uh, two games against the Jazz. 13 and six. And and I probably, but that's not the point. That's irrelevant because what would their record be if they're playing those same lineups you're talking about without Draymond Green? Probably wouldn't be that way. He does a lot. Like, the thing is, is that he is the quarterback on the court defensively and offensively. He is. I look, in this area, code down here in my hometown, like the, the, the media fans, nobody even knew what Golden State was till I started talking to him about here in this region. I will pat my back on that. So ain't nobody can tell me too much about Golden State Warriors when I saw this on the horizon before they even start taking chips and this. This is the deal. No, they are a different team without Draymond. Draymond can screw them either way. When he's having his antics, he's kicking people in the package. He's stomping on people's chest. He gets suspended. He hurts them. He cost them a final. Steph should be tied with Tim Duncan right now, to be honest with you. Him and Clay, they should have five. But that, but that whole situation with LeBron, that cost him there. And then, of course, look at their struggles by him getting in the situation he did early on in the season and having to go sit for 20-some games, it seemed like. Uh, but, no, you can't poo-poo on 13-6, and 13-6, and six, man. Um, I'll poo-poo on it. But explain to me how. Because I, it, but that, like, to me, 
you're so you're basically thinking you're telling me which the the evidence and the facts don't show that but you're thinking that they would still be in this stretch against these same teams you're going out 13 and 6 is why as the as it's still that's basically what you're saying which i totally disagree with that i i think that they still probably have a close record um you look at the the piece of clay thompson refinding himself coming off of the bench coming off the bench in that time too so a reconfiguration of how, how they're handling their rotations and handling their lineups. And there, there, there's the real question, too, as to how much you know Andrew Wiggins brings or takes away. Andrew Wiggins, I'm glad you brought him and, up. And, so, I and, touch on and maybe his absence is allowing or asking other guys to step up. And Andrew Wiggins has been, has been rather inconsistent um, and at some points bad over the last two seasons since he joined the war uh, after that his first year with the Warriors rebounded and helped him take him to a title. You talking about Wiggins? Wiggins. No, he had a great year. That I mean, he had a great time when they won the championship last. Yeah, but the last but, two. Yeah, that was yeah. three years ago. But but what I'm telling you, Wiggins ain't. Wiggins is on a, a you know indefinite leave of absence, which I had him on the docket. Which Steve Kerr said that me personally, I don't know what he's going on personally, but I'm pretty sure that this goes into the mental health. I really think Wiggins needs to really consider it if he wants to continue playing basketball. This is the second leave of absence he's taken off in this season alone. And then, and, you go, and, and then you go. And then you go last year. year. Nah, man. We, Draymond Green. They are not. The, we saw what they look without him when they won when, the, during the twenty games. Thirteen. Is, he is a factor with that team. They are not the same team as stru- constructed with Wiggins, without Wiggins, without Draymond Green. You listen to the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, produced and spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dosekis. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. We'll be back. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and Seafood Lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to ChooseTiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 